The Morning Jam with Janet Rose and Mark Lamb. 7.35 here on The Morning Jam. We have... Bet it's not balmy there. (laughs) I know. It is Thane Rosenbaum from CBS News. Good morning, Thane. Good morning, Mark. He he is the uh, legal analyst, and and (laughs) we've got a lot that has happened since we talked to you last, Thane. We've had this whole Fannie Willis uh, thing come up and it's it's kind of muddied the waters a little bit on one of the cases at least against donald trump uh let's talk about that a little bit where where do you see this thing kind of going and how could it affect the case well you know it's a real breach of the public trust and uh you can you know it's not it's not inconceivable that a judge can dismiss the charges Hmm. um not likely but it's not inconceivable he or she could say that significant amount of money has been spent in self-dealing. Sonny Willis is the district attorney. She hired a number of prosecutors as special counsels. That is not uncommon. Prosecutors from outside are oftentimes brought in on big high-profile cases. But she happened to bring in her boyfriend, uh, and she paid him much more than she paid the others. The others are experts in RICO. Remember the what made the Atlanta case so distinctive is the implementation, the use, the application of the RICO laws, which is really a, normally applied to the mafia. Mm-hmm. And here, here, the RICOs were being applied to uh, a, a, a presidential campaign. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, among people that really didn't know each other. Uh, does, does that mean that you can't use RICO? I'm just saying it's just not used in that way. And, you know, it was a no- it's a novel theory. Well, the, her boyfriend is getting paid more money than the two experts on RICO. He's not a prosecutor. He doesn't know anything about RICO. Right. <laughs> you know, you, know so you, you have to really say to yourself, wait a minute, now, and here we go, wait for it. Uh, not only was he receiving about $800,000 so far, uh, again, more than the others, who were experts as prosecutors in Rico, but uh, he used some of those funds to take Donnie Willis and her mother on lavish cruises and vacations. They were on airfare. And so that money was being used, right? It's self-dealing, right? You could could make the argument that she was, it was tantamount to her using. Her, she's using the money for herself. So that's why it, it does. It doesn't look good. The bad look. It's a. It looks like a breach of the public trust, and and the misuse of of, of public monies for self dealing purposes. So it it makes it look, uh, you know, that on the one hand, you've got you know yet another case that is, uh, you know, very much um, novel. Uh, you know, all the cases share that in common. Mm-hmm. It, they're not on the money. You know, they're all like a little off. Right. Mm-hmm. The Espionage Act, really? He yeah. didn't sell the documents to anybody. He didn't give it to anyone. He didn't destroy it. You know, really, campaign finance law violation. He just was really paying off a, 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 a you know a porn star. He wanted to keep her quiet. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's really a campaign finance by law. Uh, you know, violations. So, uh, you know, there seems um, to be a lot of stretching uh, yes, with a lot of this. Yes, right word. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, if, if that wasn't bad enough, now she has been uh, deposed in a the divorce hearing 
of prosecutor Nathan Wade. And, of course, her lawyer is trying to put that off, and that judge is having none of that. So that's why we even know about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. We all know about this because of a divorce proceeding where uh, the former wife of the prosecutor that is now on a cruise ship with the district attorney, uh, it's not unsurprising in a divorce action, you know, right. people, play, play, people play hardball. Mm-hmm. And the documents became available through discovery. And all of a sudden, you got these receipts. Right. Mm. <laughs> You're looking at receipts, and you're going, what? And, you know, and so that case uh, is the one that really sort of opened this up. And you can see why Fannie Willis is saying, well, we really should, that case should just be put on ice while, (laughs) you know, the president is prosecuted. And you can imagine the judge going, why? Yeah. (laughs) Why? This has nothing to do with you. You made it about you. Because of the person you chose as a romantic partner, normally we don't, we don't, you know, we don't freeze, you know, put a, a temporary stay on a private divorce proceeding because it'll be embarrassing to you. So yes, it is. It's not a good look. And you know, when you when you come out all guns blasting and let the president of the United States make the argument that his base believes to be true, by the way. Right. That the legal system has been weaponized against him, hmm. that these are personal attacks to keep him from the White House, that none of these cases would have been brought had he chosen not to run for office. Well, it's hard is- not to believe that. Yeah. Because yeah. of all the stretching and because of all, it just seems so over the top. And then and then he's going and meeting with lawyers at the White House. What yeah. is that about? Yeah, really? Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, you know, the, and of course, you know, he's got the momentum now in the political process right. His his challengers are withdrawing, mm-hmm. uh, from this, his popularity numbers keep going up. You know, look, I always thought, I mean, I'm often wrong, as you know, <laughs> but I, I often thought they're not going to bring all the cases. I thought when they started with the campaign finance law case in New York, I thought that, well, that was a mistake, because that seemed like the weakest one. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to bring two. They're not going to bring three. Mm-hmm. They brought them all. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, and bringing them all really just played into the former president's hands. Yep. And so his base never cared about any of it. Right. Uh, they just didn't see it. They saw it as vindictive. Right. Uh, and, and wrong on, you know, moral and legal grounds. And they gave him the upper hand on the moral high ground. Mm. You know, they handed it to him. <laughs> and instead of, you know, and so by bringing all of these cases and, and putting gag orders on him, so mm-hmm. had to make him stop speaking. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, that doesn't sound right. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to speak at the ellipse. He's not allowed to say that he thought the election was so He's not allowed to say anything. This is not America. We can't, we tell, we're telling guys running for office they're not allowed to talk. And that's just not who we are. So anyway, look, he, it had played into his hands to his, right. to his benefit. Do you think, and I'm going to rewind quite a bit, and I know you got a great memory. Um, you remember when Loretta Lynch met with Bill Clinton on the tarmac, and, and it just happened to get picked up by, a, I believe yeah. it was a St. Louis local media guy. 
picked up on yeah. it. it was a local reporter and that that wasn't i wouldn't say was a turning point but it helped kind of in the turning point for you know trump's first run against hillary do you see this as kind of a turning point maybe to put some of this silliness behind us and 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 it sort of just sort of doesn't stick to Trump. I don't know if that's a bad analogy or not. No, it's but a good one. It, it's a good one because it had a bad look, mm-hmm. right? Uh, here's the Attorney General of the United States. There is a investigation about the thirty-five thousand emails that mm-hmm. were, you know, somehow disappeared. Uh, you had it starting to become clear that the entire Mueller investigation on Russian meddling interference in the election. That whole thing was initiated by the Hillary Clinton opposition research, not by the FBI. Right. That they basically took the file that her campaign paid for and said, let's run with this thing. Mm-hmm. Let's use the, uh, the information that the, the candidate who's opposing Donald Trump has gotten, the dirt that she got, and let's see if it, you know, let's let the FBI run with it. And we were being told by Adam Schiff at the time. Believe me, I was with CBS, and I was I trusted everything Adam Schiff said. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I do anymore. Right. When Adam Schiff said, "I saw the evidence," mm-hmm. I saw the evidence, and he didn't because there wasn't any right. at that time. There was just this folder that came from Hillary Clinton's campaign. So it's not a terrible analogy. It's it's what happens very often to prosecutors, and it's interesting, you know. We always get this, you get it out of Les Miserables. Remember that? You know, Javert? Mm. Javert is usually used as, you know, Victor Hugo, who wrote the novel. It's oftentimes used as the overzealous, crazy prosecutor that is just all guns blasting, and something's not right. He's just going, remember Jean Valjean? He stole a loaf of bread. Right. (laughs) Yes. Right? And yes. so Victor Hugo's going, you've got to be kidding. Right. Really? It's about the bread? <laughs> and so it, it, Javert is what Trump has been doing. He's been saying, check out all the Javerts laid against me, arraigned against me. You know, they're all out there. And do any of the cases look right to you? Does it pass the smell test? And so, yeah, you know, you're right. I mean, it, it, it has, I don't know if it's a turning point, but it all has that look where the cases look political mm-hmm. and they blow up in the prosecutor's face. I don't know if you remember the Duke Lacrosse case. Yes. That oh, yeah. Yeah. That just, there was a guy who was trying to run for governor. He was a local district attorney. You know, he saw a great opportunity on racial grounds, you know, to go after the, the, the lacrosse team at Duke. Mm-hmm. A lot of rich white guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Right. You know, and they look wrong. Right. It looked terrible. Right. Except that the whole thing blew up in his face and we never heard from him again. (laughs) And then that's what I think is sort of happening with Danny Willis. This is blowing up in her face. And here was a woman who had political aspirations. And if I'm a Georgian, Mm -hmm. I don't know. This doesn't look good. Yeah. Well, it, it'll be interesting to continue to, to track it, and we always appreciate your insight, uh, Thane, and, and we hope you stay warm up there uh, in, in, the, in the northern country as we're fighting our own uh, winter yeah. battle down here in Virginia. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thane Rosenbaum from CBS News. He's the legal analyst, and we always enjoy having him. Thank you, Thane. Anytime for you both. You know that. We All appreciate right. it. Take care, sir. 
All right, Janet. Yeah, I will, I will tell you, uh, Jocelyn is not having it. Right. She's not, she not having any of it. That's uh, that's Wade's oh, ex-wife. Wife. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, she is like shutting it down. Shutting it down. Yeah, and you, you can look at the picture of her and go, yeah, oh no. <laughs> she is like, I'm taking this heifer down. <laughs> you can just tell by looking at her. She is just, wow. you go, girl. You go. I'm glad you're using that terminology and language. I would not get away with it. The Morning Jam with Janet Rose and Mark Lamb, 6 to 9 a.m. on the Virginia Talk Radio Network.